Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today, I am so excited to talk about this topic that we have. Uh, You know, public speaking is one of those things that a lot of entrepreneurs were were not too sure about or how it would work, but really, it's a great way for you to move from going one-to-one to 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 one-to-many. And to talk about this today, I am so excited to introduce Kimberly Hobscheid is an award-winning international inspirational public speaker, best-selling author, audiobook producer, six-time entrepreneur. That's right, six-time entrepreneur. And she is the creator of Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel, an active community of entrepreneurs looking to contribute, connect, and grow with other entrepreneurs. Her vision is to inspire all entrepreneurs to achieve their genius in whatever way that is. And she lives by the motto of live life out loud. So Kimberly, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Hey, Kimberly, super excited to be here. You've got a great tribe, a great community, and I'm really, really glad to be connecting with them today. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you on uh, because, you know, entrepreneurs, so much of the time we feel like we're all alone. And, you know, how do we get out? How do we get our message out there? How do we go beyond that one-to-one conversation? So when we dive in here today, can you just tell me a little bit about kind of how you got started? I mean, six-time entrepreneur, that's just a few times getting started. So tell me a little (laughs) bit about how you got started and kind of what brought you to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I, that's a great question. I am a six-time entrepreneur. I also spent my time uh, doing time uh, in corporate. I spent 17 years uh, in a Fortune 1000 company, climbing the ladder, uh, w- walking directly into those golden handcuffs that some of us have walked into, and uh, found myself uh, sort of at the top of that game uh, as a director level, executive director level, and running offices from San Diego to Texas, about 30 offices reported up to me and I had uh, I had a ton of responsibility and a ton of of business and I was making great money uh, but I was carrying somebody else's banner doing things that really didn't I, I you know when you look at yourself and you're like is this really what I'm supposed to be doing in life um, it just didn't ring true to who I was or, or what I wanted to do and while climbing the ladder I really felt I had a great impact uh, once I got sort of to the top it was more of we want it done this way and you know we I was feeling that my my input was no longer as valued, uh, so it wasn't um, it wasn't joyful for me anymore. And I made the tough decision to step out and decide to go full time as an entrepreneur. Now, luckily, I actually had um, had entrepreneurs in my family and knew an entrepreneur lifestyle, so I had side side gigs as many of us do, um, and I had uh, multiple businesses. And I decided to go full time. And then um, when I went full time, I actually uh, grabbed one of the businesses that I'd already been uh, working and and grew that, uh, and it grew to the point where I wanted to sell it. I sold um, a total of three businesses, uh, grew and sold three businesses, and that was fun. And my fourth business was pretty much what I was doing in the corporate world because I knew it. 
because it was safe, because it was what I already understood. And I was just doing more of that. And I thought, gosh, I really don't think I'm supposed to be here on this planet just to do this. And so um, it was a real, uh, real spiritual awakening, as it were. And I thought, I really need to do something else. And my son came to me and he was 15 and a half and going into the summer. And he said, I don't want, it's a bummer because I can't get a summer job and I don't want to go to summer camp. And I said, well, you're never too young or too old to be an entrepreneur. So let's start a business for you. And that's how I started to be an entrepreneurial coach. We actually grew an audiobooks business where he narrated audiobooks, And then we got other people in to narrate audiobooks, And now we produce audiobooks, And it's a, it's a, a healthy, thriving little business and doing really, really well. Um, but but part of my lessons that I learned were you, you really have to do what you love and you have to be comfortable talking about it every day. And, and if you're not, then you're, you may not be doing what you, what you really love to do. Wow. So many amazing nuggets in that little story, you know, 17 years in corporate climbing that ladder. I love that you call them the golden handcuffs, because while it seems like you have everything, you're kind of tied to something that you may or may not want to do. And you have to follow other instructions, even though you're at the top of the ladder. Um, and then, you know, having your son as your first client, uh, what was that experience like for you? Oh, good question. So, um, you know, teenage sons are what they are. We had a ton of fun right at the beginning, and then he wandered off and wanted to do other cool things. <laughs> it ended up being a business that I run primarily, uh, but it was really, really fun sort of handing over the reins and saying, look what you can create. And he is very entrepreneurial right now. Um, he started several other little uh, online businesses and, and, you know, generated income from each one of them. One of the great things about talking with them early is, teaching him that getting in front of other people and doing public speaking and talking about what you do can really multiply your success in a very, very big way. Absolutely. You know, it's it's so important to kind of realize that you've, you're in your little bubble, right? And you've got those one-to-one -one conversations going. But if you ever want to get out of that, you do have to talk about what you do and be comfortable in the way you phrase it. So tell me a little bit about how public speaking can be, a, can be an opportunity for entrepreneurs. Well, I, uh, that's a great question, Kimberly, and it's something that I'm really, really strongly, powerfully engaged with. I think that if you can speak one-to-many instead of one-to-one, -one, you amplify your success. And, and I'd like to ask your audience, think about what their business would be like if they could get in front, get their message and speak in front of 50 people every week. How would their business change? Like, what would be different about their business if they could get in front of either virtually or physically in front of 50 people every week. The, the landscape of your business will dramatically change because you're no longer picking up the phone and chasing leads. You're sharing with a group of people what it is that you do and what the value is and what they can get out of it and why why they should, why they care and, uh, and sharing that you have a solution for their problem. And then they will in turn come to you and say, yes, I'm interested. And I, I, and then you have customers chasing you rather than you chasing customers. Now I'm a big fan of picking up the phone and following up leads, but if you don't have any leads to follow up the one-on-one -on -one cold calls, that's no fun, not for them and not for you either. I'm certainly not a fan of the one-on-one -on -one cold calls, um, and I, I don't do them very often for sure. Uh, but, you know, if you are an entrepreneur and you've realized that you've got this message, you've, you're really passionate about it, is there ever a point where you feel it's too early to start speaking in front of at least 50 people a week? 
Good question. Uh, Kimberly, you're so right on. A lot of people have this question. They, they feel like they don't have their ideal topic yet. They feel like they, they're not sure the, the model for speaking that will work for them. And they're not sure, even if they have all of that, they're not sure how to book stage time and get on stages. And those are really the three big things that people like get totally stuck, you know, like ice down on. And, and there's a lot of myths out there about, uh, about public speaking. They think they need to be a big name to be a public speaker, or they think they need to know their, their signature talk and have an exact perfect presentation, or that they need to be a natural born speaker. And all three of those are completely myths. You absolutely do not need to be a natural born speaker. I, I myself am an extrovert, but there are many introverts who are fantastic on stage and they have the message and they want to get it out there. They just needed to learn some of the skills. And as an extrovert myself, I actually went to, to college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and got a degree in communications. I loved to speak. I loved to be on stage before I went to college, but there were skills that I could learn that could make me a better public speaker. All of the skills for public speakers are learnable. And then the last myth that people believe that they need, you know, that, that it's really hard to get on stages. There are many, many, many stages out there from podcasts like this to radio shows, to web summits, to webinars, to live stages. There are tons and tons of ways to get your message out to the public. Um, even Facebook live is a really good methodology these days. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was you, you mentioned all of those different places that could be quote unquote stages. And, you know, podcasting especially is one of those things where it's an easy way to ease into what you like to talk about and what your message is, because it is a one to one conversation if you're doing an interview most of the time, but it's going out to many people at once. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you have an opportunity to get your message out. And let's say you spend an hour on the phone uh, talking to a prospective client. They may buy, they may not. Um, but if you stand in front of a room of 50 people, not only are those 50 people potential uh, clients, but the people they know are potential clients. Like, let's say, take my um, my audiobook business with my son. If I go in front of a group of people and I say, you know, my name is Kimberly, I help authors get wider streams of uh, wider streams of revenue and a bigger audience by creating audiobooks then even if the people in the audience don't have a book themselves they might have a brother that has a book or an uncle that has a book that they want to introduce me to and they think oh you know you've got to talk to this lady Kimberly she can get your book into an audiobook so you're speaking not only to the group of 50 people in front of you but potentially 50 people that each one of them know. So exponentially, you you really are growing your, it's an hour well spent if you're on stage. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So one of the myths you talk about is the fact that you, you don't need a signature talk. So if you don't have a signature talk, but you want to kind of start getting onto stages, whether that's in a, a small sphere like podcasting or a radio, or if it's a bigger sphere like virtual summits, um, what can people do to try and figure out what that first topic they should talk about not necessarily their signature talk uh, because that kind of develops as you go but you know what what should people look for in a good topic to bring to a group setting you are so right. Um, your signature talk develops over time. And even when you have one, they change from time to time. So don't panic about having everything right. My motto in this world is done is better than perfect. All you have to do is get out there and test the waters. So say, for example, you have a Toastmasters group and you, you help people... Um, 
you help people write a book, let's say. So you might get in front of your Toastmasters book and, and, and give knowledge, give value to that group. And you could say, here are the three things that people need to do in order to start writing their first novel. Or here are three myths that people think um, it's impossible for me to have a book. Or here are six great ways to uh, come up with an idea for your very first novel. And you could actually give that information as a lecture. And you're not asking them to do anything at the end of it, maybe, for you, because you haven't developed your full signature talk yet. But you're just testing the waters to see what resonates with the group and see if you're getting nods from the audience see if you're getting engagement, and see if people really want to learn this stuff. Um, you may be off on a topic that, that people don't want to learn. Try a different stage. Try a different tactic. Try a different message. Um, but, but getting out there and starting to publicly speak, uh, and that can be either on a podcast, radio show, web summit. You could do a little lunch and learn with a group. You could do Toastmasters group. Um, you could just get a bunch of people together in your living room. You could, do, you could go to a meetup and introduce yourself. There's a lot of different ways that you can get stage time. And just try it out, test things, see how it works, and then make adjustments and, and improve. And you just rattled off like 15 different opportunities <laughs> for people to get started, uh, you know, on finding the right perfect stage, right? Um, you know, all these different places that are actively looking for speakers. You know, so many of us, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you know, we're, we're so focused on online or doing what we're doing that we kind of forget that we live in a neighborhood where there are people that want to meet up like in person and they're always looking for good speakers. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to kind of test out what, I'm talking about, is that something people are wanting to hear? Yeah. And there are plenty of different places. Did you know, Kimberly, that public speaking is defined when you are speaking to two or more people? So everything other than those one-on-one -on -one conversations is an opportunity for you to practice publicly speaking. So every time I talk to people at a networking event or at a conference, if there's more than two people in the conversation, it's public speaking, huh? There's more than two people in your conversation. That's totally true. And I always ask, um, because it's, it's hard to be at a networking event and be the lone person while two people are talking. I always try to open my body language and open my opportunity to speak to the second person that's sort of hovering nearby. So that's just a little side tip for networking. But if you, if you bring more people into the conversation, then you're bringing more ears, you're bringing more audience members and you're bringing more potential referrals from those people uh, from that other person who might know uh, you might be speaking to your ideal customer but you're the person that's standing next to you is a plumber but his wife is your ideal customer as well so uh, never never exclude people in a networking event and always always open the conversation to two or more people very, very true. You never know who people know, right? That's the whole point of going to events like that because you want to meet not only the people in the room, but all of their connections as well. And one of the things, uh, you know, going back to kind of figuring out your signature talk, I want to point out that one of the things that you were mentioning a lot is, you know, the three myths or the three tips or the three things that nobody knows about. And those are all really great starting points, you know. Um, we love listicles as a society, right? Uh, my marketing brain here working. Uh, things with numbers in them, people love hearing that kind of information because it, it's very finite. So it tells them exactly what they're going to learn 
and it tells them how long or short it's going to take for them to get all of the information. So three and five are really great starting points uh, just to have, you know, those those three or five tips or those three or five myths that uh, you you run into. And these are not things that you have to like go research really in depth on your own because it's just based on your own experience. That's right. If you don't know what to talk about, one really cool way to find something to talk about, um, I actually have a YouTube uh, channel and I speak uh, pretty much every week on a topic. And people say, how do you come up with these new topics? And the answer is, it's because my customers are asking me questions. So if you already have a, a business that is up and running, then having those, when, when people call you and they say, you know, Kimberly, I really don't even know where I'm supposed to post my picture of my book. Like what, like what media is good for social media for books? And that's a great question. So my next YouTube video is going to be about like where you can post your book, like where you can post or announce a picture of your book, right? Um, simultaneously, I could create a downloadable PDF or a talk on the six places you should put your book, right? <laughs> so, Definitely. You've got that mind going about how all of the different channels and re um, mediums, they're all different opportunities. And so, you know, somebody may find you on YouTube, which is a one-to-many uh, type of conversation sometimes, right? You, you're you create that video, a lot of people can see it, um, but you're not in a conversation like we are with the podcast. Um, but, you know, so many people, it's like, that's what they're searching for. If someone has that question, then a lot of people have that question. Exactly. So just, um, you know, it's a little shift in mindset, but it can really amplify your value and you become the go-to expert. If you are standing on a stage and you are talking about uh, for example, the one with the books. Like if you're going to teach people how to how to uh, create their first novel, if you stand on a stage and you talk about the three myths people have that prevent them from creating their first novel, you become the go-to expert. You are the person who speaks on this topic and people will then give you authority and credibility because you have the stage. Once you have authority and credibility, you're in a much better position to forward your offer. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you said uh, when you're testing out your ideas, you don't necessarily uh, need to have an offer. But what is a, a good idea or a good starting point for crafting something that you can uh, give an opportunity to join from the stage? Right. So um, a lot of people say, I don't like to be sold. Everybody likes to buy, but you don't like to be sold. Um, and that's true. And and if you feel like people are going to throw up slides and say, look at my the 15 points of how amazing my 20-point my checklist is, it gets exhausting and people tune out. So what I like to say is that we're not really doing, um, we're not really sharing the, you know, all of the stuff about our, how great our program is. We share, you know, what our target market is, what the benefit our target market gets out of using us, for using us, and then in what way we serve them. So if you're, if you're saying the stuff about books, you might say, my target market is potential authors, people who want to be authors. M what they get at the end is a book completely finished and up on Amazon within 60 days. And what the methodology I use to get it to them is I do ghostwriting and or a six-week course or whatever it is that I'm offering. So those are the three things that you want to say in your invite. Um, and for example, uh, my invite to people who want to create audiobooks is I help authors get uh, wider audiences 
and new streams of revenue from a book they already created by creating audiobooks. That tells them all three of those things. Who do I serve? What do they get if they work with me? And what am I going to do to them to make them get that result? And that's what people really seek. That's really an invite. And you can say, if you're interested, um, you know, you can go to this website. My website for that particular company is I'm Hearing Stories. And if you go to that website, you can find out more information on it. Now you've set the tone so that if people are excited about it and they want to get new streams of revenue and a wider audience and they're an author or they know an author, they might go check that out. That's more of an invite than a sale. It's not, you know, here's how much you're going to pay. Here's how long it's going to take. Here's everything that you're going to get from me. It's just an invite to learn more. And that's what I recommend as a call to action from stage. I like how that um, it kind of reiterates what you do. You've already given your value because you've talked about, you know, the three myths or the three things people have to overcome or the change of mindset. And you've really targeted in on these are the people who I want to contact. Right? These are people who I want to contact me. And if by saying it and by phrasing it that way as an invitation to learn more, you're also cutting out the people in the audience who are not a great fit for you, which is always key. Yeah, I agree with that. One pro tip that I know I always try whenever I do, do a podcast or any, actually any stage that I'm on, I always try to give a pro tip for the people who are like, yeah, I kind of knew that. But a pro tip is like taking it to the next level. So as a pro tip, if you're ever on a stage, do not ever say the following words. If you're interested, come see me. <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever works. So what you can do is have some sort of call to action that benefits them in some way. Like, for example, I'll give you a call to action for my audiobooks. If you're interested in learning six reasons why your book should be an audiobook now, you can go to I'm Hearing Stories and download the free PDF. So that is a call to action where they actually get something for doing something. So they get the prize, right? If you say, I want to sell you an audiobook, come see me. Why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> right? you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So you will never get people coming, like jumping out of the aisles to, to pay you money unless they are going to, unless they see value in that. So if you, if you, uh, are on a stage and you say, for example, it, does it, anybody can, if you're a published author, would you like, would you raise your hand? And then you see how many people are published authors, try to keep track of that and go see those people yourself at the break. And, and then at the end of your presentation, you could say, for those of you who are interested in an audiobook, you know, raise your hand if you'd like to see an audiobook um, as part of your repertoire in the, you know, in the next six months. And then watch those people raise their hand and then make a point to look at them in the eye and go see them at the break. It's your job because you're the one that's going to get the benefit. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the key phrase, right? Benefit. It's always important to to give a benefit for why anyone should take the action. Um, and it, it makes it so that it's not a direct, hey, pay me money if you want to learn more. It's I have some more benefit from you. I've given you some. Here's some more. And you can go download it at XYZ site. So Kimberly, we're nearing the end of our time. And, you know, we, we've covered so many great things about the importance of public speaking, all the different stages that you can talk on and, and how you can get started. So if you were going to tell people to do one action step after listening to this episode, what would it be? 
um, go out and get yourself an, a stage of some kind on of any kind. Get on radio shows, podcasts, web summits, webinars, live stages, uh, meetup groups are a great way to get on stages because if you are not being seen, you are being overlooked. If you are not being heard, your message is not getting out there. And if you are not being clear on that message, then it will not resonate with your audience. So you definitely want to be seen, be heard, and be clear on what you have to offer. I love that little phrase, be seen, be heard, and be clear. Because if you're out there and you're not clear on what you're doing, then it comes across to everyone else and then they're confused about how exactly you can help them. Exactly. So Kimberly, again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with my audience. If people want to learn more about you and, uh, and what you do, uh, where can they go to do that? So I have a community and I think everybody that's an entrepreneur really, one of the things that I, I missed most about leaving corporate is I lost my community, right? The people that were around me that were on my same team. So as an entrepreneur, I really wanted to create community for entrepreneurs. So we have a community called Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel. It's a Facebook group. It's free to join and it's full of amazing human beings who are entrepreneurs that serve entrepreneurs. There's great tips and tricks and a really great community that is there to help each other. So join a community. You're welcome to join Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel on Facebook. We would love to have you. Or you can check out my website, entrepreneursrocketfuel.com. We would love to work with you and see about getting you on stages and getting the message out so you can be seen and heard. Definitely important to be seen and heard and be clear about what your message is and how you can help people. Thank you again, Kimberly. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.